Hey everyone, welcome to another episode of Food, Wine, and Whiskey in Your Own Backyard. I'm Rob, your host, and today's episode is going to be on bourbon. And I haven't done a bourbon show in a while, but this particular episode I'm real excited about because it's a brand of bourbon that, I'm going to be honest, I've just recently gotten into and don't know a lot about. And when you kind of dive into it and you start looking, you go, oh, crap, man, there's a lot to learn about uh, this particular brand of bourbon. And the bourbon is Four Roses. So we're going to do a show on Four Roses today. And I have a special guest who uh, is deep into Four Roses and I think will be a good a good person to talk to about the history and the recipes and just kind of what makes Four Roses uh, what it is today. And it's really kind of taken off, I think, in the last couple of years. Maybe I'm wrong on that timing. Ernie will straighten me out. But Ernie is back and going to do a bourbon show with us. Ernie, how you doing? I'm doing great. Thanks for inviting me back. I'm glad to be back with you. Absolutely. First, how's everything up in the Dallas area? I mean, uh, I, th- I, th- I get a little bit of update, you know, with news and things, but I think you're kind of in a similar situation of us down here in Houston, but your family specifically doing all right? Everybody doing good? Oh, yeah, we're doing great. Doing great. I would uh, I would say that it's great being in uh, quarantine with a deep bunker of bourbon, though. Yeah, absolutely. Bur- bur- for me, bourbon and wine. But yeah, absolutely. <laughs> Hey, uh, uh, go ahead. Doing okay. Yeah, we're doing doing good. Yeah, we're doing good. You know, my wife's working from home as, as I am for the most part. I think most people around the country, I'm, you know, grateful that we're both still working that, you know, a lot of people aren't. So, uh, us being able to still work is a, is a big blessing, a huge blessing for our family. So we're, we're appreciative. I know you're kind of in the medical field. Uh, you, you do a little respiratory stuff, don't you? Uh, I do. I do. And I've actually been working in um, the COVID unit, not as much as some of my um, compadres at work. But um, what I've seen in the area is the sick patients are drying up and things are really starting to get on on the mend here. So it's very, very positive. That's good. That's great news, man. It seems that way here in Houston, too. I know our our county judge just put the stay-at-home order, extended the stay-at-home order for another, I think, 20 days to, to the 20th of, of May or something like that. But, yeah, everybody's got their opinion. But I'm, I'm ready to, you know, get out. Cabin fever has sunk in pretty good. I'm ready to get out and see some people and hang out. And you being oh, one absolutely. of them once this is all over, absolutely. Oh, we're going to have a bottle share like you won't believe. Yeah, it'll, it'll be well-earned after a couple of months in, in a cave, so to speak. Absolutely. You ready to dive let's in? Let's talk four roses. Yeah. yeah. Let's talk some four roses. So I'm going to tell well, you, four. let me tell you first my history on my experience in history with four roses. So I, I had never had it until about a year and a half ago. And several friends of mine told me, Hey man, four roses is great, man. You got to get a bottle, got to get a bottle. And we were on vacation. We were out in Vegas and I went to a local liquor store and I'm like, I'm in the hotel. I just need to pick up a bottle of bourbon. So I picked up a four roses and I think I picked up the wrong four roses because, you know, it was like a $23, $22 bottle, $23 bottle, whatever it was. Got back to the hotel and poured a little, and I just thought it was awful. And hadn't, yep. hadn't had another bottle <laughs> until probably well, when I came up to Dallas, met you, and I was lucky enough to find this, this pick from Twin Liquor that I'm drinking. That's the first bottle I've ever owned and, and really had a, a good pour from. And now I'm going, it's fantastic. This particular recipe I like a lot. We'll get into that later. But that's what, you know, it, it's only been a couple of months, a few months, that I've really had a good bottle of Four Roses. And uh, now I'm, I'm, I'm intrigued to kind of dive in a little deeper and, and really 
learn what all this is about. Well, the thing is with four roses, if you get into four roses, get ready to go deep into a rabbit hole because it is, it, it's a rabbit hole that you will love. There are so many, there are 10 different recipes out there with so many varietals that it'll blow your mind. Every year they replace, they release a, uh, small batch, uh, limited release. Um, they do that as well. And they do, um, they're, they're single barrel. They do their, their normal stuff for the shelf. And what you had was the $23 yellow label 80 proof four roses bourbon. Right. And that's the stuff that, um, that, that, that goes in the well at the club. You know, that, that's not gonna, that's not gonna get onto your shelf because frankly, it's not very good. Yeah. But, uh, when you start getting into the small batch, that's a little bit better. That, that's your 90 proof mixer. And that's one that I keep around on my shelf just to sometimes just to do a warm up for a four roses tasting just to kind of get the, uh, the uh, palate going, if you will. And they also have a single barrel, which is an 100-proof OBSV. And OBSV is uh, the recipe that you're drinking now. And that is their standard recipe, and they proof it down to 100. It is a very good utility bourbon. I mean, it's not great. It, it's mediocre, but if you're comparing it to something else on the shelf and you're, you're kind of deciding, ah, what should I grab for a party or something like that? You can't go wrong with that. Um, this past year in a, a select States, they started releasing their small batch select and small batch select is wonderful. Um, it's actually one of my favorite daily drinkers. It's a non chill filtered 104 proof blend of, several of their recipes. Yeah. It's like six, right? Six different recipes that are blended together. Yep. And it's at least six years old. So for right around the $60 price point, you can get a six year old at minimum, non chill filtered 104 proof bourbon. um, Oh, virtually at any liquor store that you walk into. That is one of, I consider a shelf hero. It is a wonderful, item to have out there and uh, great to have on your shelf. So is, is it, you know, and I, we're getting, kind of getting ahead here, but just real quick on that one, is it readily available? I mean, I'm in, we're in Houston, we're in Texas, you're in yeah. Texas. I see it everywhere. Is, is that not the case throughout the United States? Is it more regionally? It, it's regionally. It they is. are releasing it throughout uh, the U.S., but uh, I believe it was a six-state release. I might be wrong on that, but it was, it was small. It was Texas, okay. Kentucky few other states that they released it to and we were lucky because we we got it really heavily here in texas and virtually you can walk into any liquor store even the mom and pop ones that usually price gouge they'll have it for 55 60 bucks yeah yeah well let's let's start with i i was you know obviously getting ready for the show i i knew the name four roses just in the last couple of years but i didn't really know the how the name came to be in the history of Four Roses as a brand, I didn't realize that they've been around as long as they have. I mean, they've been around, you know, 100 and some years. Uh, yep. Talk to us a little bit. 130. About the, 130. Talk to us a little bit about the history. And it was curious to me how the name Four Roses, I know there's some question about it, but how the name Four Roses came to be for the brand. 
We'll be back after a quick break. Hey, Bar & Grill fans, it's Jim with Madhouse Bar Talk, where me and my co-hosts sit around and talk about the things going on around Madhouse Bar & Grill in Elyria, Ohio. The whole conversation is unscripted, uncensored, and unedited. Anywhere where you stream podcasts, just remember, Madhouse Bar Talks, baby! Well, just like any other bourbon story, there, there's going to be contention and people are going to um, have their own take on it. But the pretty well-established um, history is it was founded by Rufus Rose. And the name was obviously named after him and his brother, Origen, and their two sons. So the four of them were the four roses. But there's several different stories out there um, about the name Origen. Um, the current owner, uh, Kieran Bure, uh, Brewery, doesn't even mention Rufus Rose in its version of the history. It refers to, uh, instead, Paul Jones Jr. as the founder of the brand. Which makes no and, sense to me. That's crazy. Right. Right. And so the company says the brand name was trademarked in 1888 by Jones, who claimed that it had been produced and sold as early as 1860. Yeah, by the so, Rose family. <laughs> by the Rose family, exactly. <laughs> but uh, the brand is distilled in uh, Lawrenceburg, Kentucky, and it was built in 1910, and it is beautiful. It is a mission-style Spanish architecture beautiful building and it's it's registered as a historic place in there um it's originally called old prentice distillery and was owned by the by um by brown and it was designed um by j and j architecture a firm uh with history that has spanned um a century in the distillery design and business um, what's interesting is you remember this, the last podcast we talked about the MGP, right? In Indiana, in Indiana Seagram's, right? Right. Well, the brand was actually purchased by Seagram's in 1943 right. and around the end of 1950 Seagram's discontinued the sales of four roses bourbon in the U S and focused on blended whiskey. And that is when four roses really took a tank in the u.s um if you talk to your granddad or great granddad if you if you have living history with you that you can talk to you mention four roses to them and they'll say man that's rock gut because it truly was um they uh, seagram's wanted to concentrate on their brands such as benchmark and eagle rare so uh four roses kentucky straight uh bourbon market it was marketed more towards um europe and asia and they were one of the first bourbons into a really rapidly growing mar a market out there. And so they were making a ton of money with the Four Roses brand in the European market. So brands like Benchmark and Eagle Rare started to flourish in the U.S. So, but man, Four Roses during that time frame was mostly neutral grain spirits. And it was rock gut. It was okay. Now, it yeah, was, it was. I learned something new today. I, I had no idea that Eagle Rare was initially distilled by this distillery. I thought it was always, uh, you know, again, it shows my uh, lack of intelligence when it comes to the history of bourbon, but I didn't know, you know, I always think of Eagle Rare being a Buffalo Trace product. And well, so is Benchmark now. Now, 
but not original. Right. And I thought it was their product. And, you know, like it was always their product, but it wasn't. And as a side note to benchmark, I'm going to be real excited this year if uh, what comes to pass comes to pass because they're supposed to release single barrel and uh, barrel selects as well. So that's going to be uh, that's going to be a lot of fun. But uh, that'll be another podcast for another day. Yeah. So it was curious to me on just talking about the history, and maybe you know this, Ernie, maybe you don't. But you know, Seagram's owned this up until what 1999, and then they- well, no, about 1994. Yeah, in 1999, they uh, they passed the ownership to Universal. Yeah, and then uh, Pinot, Richard, and uh, Diageo took it over um, before being purchased by uh, Kieran in 2002. And that was just over a three or four year span. I, I found yeah, they that- were passed around. Yeah, is that because, you know, I mean, just just find that curious that, that a brand that's been around so long would change hands, you know, three times in a matter of, you know, three and a half years. Well, it's because of the what they were marketing in the United States. Okay. Um, it, it was very short-sighted. They were pushing their brand of, uh, of grain-distilled rot gut, and these companies that took them over just didn't know and or appreciate the market in Europe and namely Japan. And so it did, uh, four roses did not blow up until Kieran took them over, who is a Japanese based company. But honestly, the person who is responsible for the Renaissance of four roses is a gentleman by the name of Jim Rutledge. He is, a master. Um, he started working at Seagram's in 1966 and he was the uh, previous master distiller for, uh, for Ova Hanny. And then, um, he was with, um, four roses until 2015. So when you talk about, uh, four roses, the Rutledge area, uh, the Rutledge era, that's, that's a beautiful time. Some of the best four roses in my opinion came out under his, under his tutelage. And then he, he, his protege wasn't, didn't Brent Elliott, who's now the, the, uh, master distiller there. He worked for him for a number of years, didn't he? Well, if you want to start a fight, you call Brent Elliott, uh, Jim Rutledge's, uh, uh, protege because, oh. uh, <laughs> Mr. Elliott, um, he has his own way of doing things and he is definitely, um, a master in his own right. Okay. So it's, um, it's awesome. I mean, yes, they did work together. But there's but no style. Or they're both independently their own. He has his own flair for doing things. He doesn't take anything. Absolutely. Okay, didn't know that. Absolutely. Rutledge, um, in my opinion, though, some of the best bottles of Four Roses came out during that time frame. But with that said, um, this year's 2019 um, Small Batch Limited Edition blew my mind. To me, it was the best Four Roses that has come out since the Rutledge era. Was that the big anniversary one that came out? Or was that no, that was the 130th. That was the 130th, okay. Which was, uh, was not that great, to really? be honest with you. No, it, it, it was good. Don't get me wrong. It was good, but it wasn't, it wasn't great. 2019, that's the bottle to own. I, I've gone through one in pretty short order, and it's, it's delicious. Say it again, it's the 2019 Small Batch? 
small batch limited edition. Small batch every year. Okay. Yes, yes. Every year, Four Roses puts out a small batch limited edition. And on the secondary market, you're looking at a bottle that's probably around three hundred bucks. Oh, it wow. retails for for right around. Um, I think it retails for anywhere from that eighty to one hundred twenty dollar mark. So even the secondary market on those aren't crazy. But uh, the limited editions, they're usually, you know, three to 4,000 bottles of a blend. And it is a blend of different recipes at different ages. So just like the small batch select that you can buy on the shelf, it is a blend, but it's older stuff. So you'll get a bottle that is probably closer to that nine to 11 year mark as opposed to the six year of the, um, the shelf small batch select. So is it still six recipes that they're using? Six of these different recipes? You know that? You know, I can't. I can't speak to that. I think sometimes it just varies. Okay. It might be more. It might be less. Yeah. Um, but when you start thinking about four roses and we get into the recipes, um, that is a whole rabbit hole that we could get into. But um, one thing I'd like for people to think about when when they come out of this podcast is an infinity bottle. A lot of people do infinity bottles where they put, you know, an ounce or two of whatever they're drinking into a bottle and they just keep filling it up. I have a Four Roses specific infinity bottle that I try to do my own, um, my own small batch select blends. And so I'll take an ounce or two of some of my favorite recipes and try to blend them into an infinity bottle. And it's just something fun to do. Yeah, it's fun for you because you get your hands on all these different recipes. I'm, I'm, I'm trying to find something other than OBSV. <laughs> well, we'll be able to help you out with that. Good. Don't worry look, about that. I'm looking forward to that. Uh, hey, I just I do want to mention. Uh, obviously, I'm going to say if, I haven't been yet, but I'm was wanting to plan a trip here around this time before all this happened. But still looking to plan a trip, hopefully the end of this year, to go to Kentucky once everything settles down. But uh, Four Roses did a major overhaul to their place, didn't they? Didn't they invest a bunch of money and just kind of... Oh, they sure did. Uh, they, in 2015, I believe they started it, and they did a uh, expansion, I think $34 million expansion, and uh, $21 million at warehouse and bottling facility at Cox Creek. Um, they added two new buildings, a bunch of equipment. It's beautiful. It's absolutely beautiful. But they kept the Spanish architecture, which is awesome. Yeah, I heard so uh, they were it, the same firm, J&J, did the, the renovation as well, the addition or whatever it they was. They did. Yeah, which is pretty yep, cool. Yeah, they did. Yep. So they were able to uh, definitely expand their lineup. And it's funny you mentioned that because one of my um, bottles that I'm going to open during the podcast, and this is a good time as any to do it, is from the, the opening of the building, I was able to get a special bottle <laughs> that is the oldest Four Roses that I own. And it is a 16-year, three-month OBSK. And it was selected uh, by Brent Elliott and by Al Young to, uh, to, to open the uh, bottling facility. Oh, very cool. And yeah, so um, let's open this dog up. It uh, is dark. Did you hear my little... There we go. I like that. <laughs> how how but, uh, how limited of a release was that one? 
you know, I don't, I'm not going to say it was super limited, but the bottle is cheap. I mean, they usually, at the distillery, I think they were going for right around 120 bucks. And oh, wow. on secondary, I think they're, they're going as high as on a bad day, 450 and on a, on a hot day, 650. Oh, wow. So, but that's the thing with Four Roses. And I usually don't like talking secondary market because, you know, secondary market, you know, we, we all dabble in it a little bit, um, buy bottles and stuff. Um, but Four Roses, you can still get excellent deals for what you get. I mean, you look at this bottle that I'm, I'm opening now. It's a 16-year Four Roses, OBSK. I would put this probably up against a, a lot of big name bottles, stuff that is going for stupid amount of money. And it's a, uh, it's an interesting world. The secondary market is an interesting world. I'm glad they've kind of left my four roses alone. Yeah. But uh, I still think it goes with the reputation that it's still not as well loved as Buffalo trace and wild Turkey. Really? Yeah, it's just not, it just doesn't get the love. I mean, now from purists, bourbon purists, and guys that know, and gals that know, they love Four Roses. But is, um, is that a big part? Because it really didn't get back into the U.S. market until 2002. And then you, you got right. to figure a few years of, you know, kind of get back into the market. So you're talking about this really hasn't been maybe as, you know, as well known in the last 10 years, maybe? It's the youngest old brand out there, yeah, in my opinion. But other distilleries have taken um, the the kind of business model, um, if you will, of Four Roses, namely Willet. Have you heard of Willet? Sure, absolutely. They're pot still. So, they're, yeah, everything. Well, Willet um, does a lot of of limited releases and stuff. Except their stuff is much, much, much more expensive. It's it's funny. My buddy, who is a Willet purist, he's like, you know, Willet is the four roses for rich people. And I'm like, well, I guess that's why I don't own any of my friends <laughs> because uh, four, <laughs> four roses with me is just fine. Oh, my goodness. This bottle. Pretty good. Oh, my gosh. It, this is amazing. This is absolutely amazing. So you just opened it. Have, How long have you had that? Uh, probably a year, maybe, okay. maybe a year and a half. I wanted to save it for a special occasion. This is as good as any. I think so. Absolutely. Yes. Oh my goodness. That is, that is beautiful. I, it's I, got a lot of fruit flavor to it. A lot of oak. Really nice. And it's really, really nice. It's OBSK, right? It is. So it's got a lot of rye in it. It is high rye. We'll talk about that. Well, you mentioned a name real quick I want you to touch on. You you know a lot about it. You mentioned that bottle when they opened the new expansion. Uh, it was kind of a, a bottle from him being Brent Elliott and also you said Al Young. Where does yeah uh, you the, know Al's the man yeah he's very well known and I I've never had the he was here in Houston I never had the pleasure to meet him I know he he recently passed but I mean he was a huge ambassador for this brand and I mean I'll let you kind of talk about him you know a lot more than I do but he's a big part of where why Four Roses is where it's at right now isn't it it is uh, he is and it will continue to be because his he's a legend 
And I'm not going to pretend to know the man because I, I've only met, I had the privilege of meeting him a couple times and did a barrel selection um, with him once, but by no means did we chat up or anything. It was just business as usual for him. But to hear him speak, he was a true gentleman and a true ambassador of the brand. He loved the brand and he loved the state of Kentucky and he loved bourbon and it showed. And it's, it's one of those situations where, you know, when you're, when you're around somebody and they're giving you a sales pitch, you kind of take it for a grain of salt. But then when somebody's talking to you about something that they're passionate about and they love, and they frankly don't care if you love it back, that's the kind of person that you listen to. And that's the kind of person that he was when he talked, the room just shut up because he was living history and the stories that he would tell. And he was just, he was just a funny, charismatic, gentle man. I mean, just a wonderful human being. And it's a huge loss to the bourbon world. And I really hope that Four Roses continues the brand the way that he wanted the brand to go. Um, he would talk to anybody about bourbon. He would just sit down and talk, whether it was five people or 500 people, he would talk to. And that to me was somebody that loved what he did. And he didn't work for a living. He was an ambassador of goodwill and that goodwill was bourbon namely four roses bourbon yeah that's the stories i heard that he was just a a fantastic person and just like you said a gentle soul great storyteller i mean just you know just the guy you wanted to to be around listen to and and just enjoy the company of and uh sad that he made you nervous did he really made you nervous to made you nervous to be around when the the one barrel select that i got to do at four roses Um, There were several that I was going to be a part of and they, you know, ended up getting canceled or changed or, you know, whatever. And this one I was really looking forward to. And man, I was nervous. I was just thinking to myself, what, what if I choose the wrong barrel? Because you hear these stories of, oh yeah, Al's in a crusty mood today and he, he threw a barrel in there. And if you choose it, man, you're going to look like an idiot or, you know, or, you choose that one and your group's never going to get another barrel again because he doesn't, he knows you don't know what you're doing, <laughs> you know? And I don't know if those stories are true. These are just horror stories that I've heard from people. But so when I was in there, I, my knees were shaking. I'm not going to lie. But you know, when he came in, he was just, Hey, y'all ready to, to taste some good bourbon today? And you know, he would just come by and say, so what do you think? And, and mm-hmm, mm-hmm, or, mm-hmm. Okay. But, you know, it was, it was a, an experience that I am so grateful to have been a part of. And the one beautiful part about choosing a barrel at Four Roses is you never know what you're going to get. Yeah. You don't know what recipe you're going to get. And you, you're not going to sit down. You don't go to Four Roses and say, hey, I'm going to select an OBSK today the barrels that are, are put out for you, they're different recipes. They're different ages. And they don't it, tell you. It's a wonderful, they don't tell you. They just want you to taste they it. Tell us what you like. And then that's what you get. That's what you get. 
That's pretty and cool. So that, yeah, and that differs. I mean, don't get me wrong. I love Wild Turkey and I love Russell's Reserve. Don't get me wrong. But last year, Camp Nelson played itself out. There were so many Camp Nelson selections out there, which that was the warehouse that the barrels uh, for the barrel selects, most of them came out of. Unless you really, really were in good uh, with Wild Turkey, then you were able to get some, some barrels from outside of Camp Nelson. But the lion's share were out of Camp Nelson. Um, but with, with Four Roses, you never know what you're going to get. And that's a wonderful thing. So it, it's a total, it's a pure barrel selection when you go there. So it's got to be pretty cool when you when you come away with, you know, and we haven't got into the recipes yet, but m- my guess is there's out of the 10 recipes, there's probably two, maybe three, maybe four that are like highly sought after that generally speaking, people think those might be the best of these 10. Is Would that be true? It would be true. I mean, people are pretty, pretty aggressive with their love for different recipes. I'll tell you that. So if you happen but, to uh, pick a barrel and hit one of those, I mean, you have to feel pretty good about yourself. You do, but this is the wonderful thing about Four Roses. You're not picking a recipe. You're picking a flavor profile. That's what I mean. When you're doing, yeah, and so you may surprise yourself, which I did because the barrel that we, we picked was an OBSF, and that's not something that I would readily have said, I'm, I, I want an OBSF. Yeah. That's interesting. But it was, it was, it was really darn good. It was really good. And I enjoyed it. So so it was, uh, once you pick a barrel, they never tell you the recipes of the other barrels you didn't pick, right? You just get what you get. They don't, they don't tell you. Well, there's ways to find out. And I mean, sometimes they tell you, sometimes they don't, I can't be, uh, you know, I'm not at every barrel pick. And some, sometimes I've heard that people have been told what, what they've missed. Yeah, that's, that's the point for asking that, because you'd be like, ah, oh, shit. Yeah, because a, a buddy of mine, they passed on an almost 12-year-old, um, I think it was an OESK, which that is one of the hot, hot, um, spicy profiles that people love. But they went with flavor, and so that's the thing. If they would have just, if they would have seen that on the pick sheet, they would have never tasted it and probably just picked that one. Right. You know, but uh, live and learn. Live yeah. and learn. I think that's cool. I, I, I really like the way they do that. I, I think it's it's a cool way. To, it's a way to keep it fair, too, because everybody would be coming in and asking for the same couple of recipes, I would guess. But it's also fun yeah. for us as drinkers to kind of, you know, put your palate to the, to the test. That's what I like about, you know, blind tastings is I always think, you know, I think I know what I like until I do a blind tasting and, and I don't have that, uh, that label in front of me to kind of, you know, steer me in a certain direction because I see the label and go, Oh, well, if it's that, I got to like it, you know, or I don't like it. So, um, anyway. well, you're talking about wine and wine and four roses to me run a very good parallel because to me, four roses does some of the best food pairings out there really? because of the different recipes. Yes. Okay, that's so, another podcast because yeah. I've been very curious on how you, you pair whiskeys with food. So definitely need to do a show on that. Well, if you think about, and we'll get into it. So like yeast F is characterized by dry herbal notes. What kind of foods would you think, you know, dried herbs? Well, chicken. You know, so you start the, 
Yeah, exactly. So yeah. why would you not want to put a, an F recipe with chicken? Okay. You know, so again, another, another day, another podcast, something else to look forward to. Yeah, absolutely. Well, we started talking about the recipes. Let's, uh, let's, let's jump into those. And start, I mean, this is for me where I'm going to, I'm, I'm excited to get educated because one, I had no idea there was this many different combinations that they have two mash bills and five different yeasts and a combination of these are what make up the, the 10 recipes that they offer. Yep. And so when you look at it, at the recipes, let's take, for example, an OBSV. The first letter is always O. And that indicates that the whiskey was produced at Four Roses Distillery. The second letter is either E or B. And that refers to the mash bill used to produce spirit. Okay. The third letter is always S. And that indicates that it is straight whiskey. Okay. And so the last letter corresponds to one of the, la- uh, one of the five yeast strains utilized by the distillery. So when you start looking at that, the two different mash bills. The first mash bill consists of 75 corn, 20% rye, and 5% malted barley. And it's designated by E. Um, the second mash bill consists of 60 corn, high rye, so 35%, and 5% malted barley, and that's designated by letter B. So the five E strains are designated by K O. Q, F, and V. So we can talk about the different yeast strains and what those mean to us. But when you start talking about, you know, the 20% rye versus 30 35% rye, um, high rye tends to be where I like to, to go. It's that more complex, sweeter uh, flavor profile that I tend to like. So I tend to, to gravitate gravitate towards the bees quite a bit but when you look at the yeast strains um yeast k this is probably the most sought after one because it produces a full-bodied spicy spirit it's very spicy it is your traditional kind of punch you in the mouth bourbon o's are very hit or miss because it is very floral and a lot of people don't like floral. I, I, I do, but some people can compare the O's to, oh my gosh, I, I feel like I just drank perfume. Well, I don't like to drink the O's by themselves. I like to pair them with food. Now, are, and the, that, to are, me, the, are the O's more floral or are they more fruity? No, they're more floral. They they're, are, okay. they're, you get more of a, of a rose petal out of them. Okay. So um, they're medium body. They do have some spiciness, uh, but less spicy than the, the K. Now, when you start talking about fruit, that's when you're getting, again, you're getting into the Qs. Okay. They're slightly fruity, medium body, and spicy. A lot of people like Qs. Um, F, that really good dried herbal notes. And V, V is their traditional, uh, it's fruity, it's light, it's kind of got a creamy mouthfeel, and it's spicy. So those are the ones that people tend to gravitate to. Um, OESV is one that a lot of people chase. Uh, 
when you start talking about Four Roses, though, just like with Wild Turkey, there's different um, rickhouses that produce better than others. The height in the rickhouse, um, the position on the uh, on the rack, I mean, all that stuff makes a huge difference. So um, a good run that I have, and I actually prefer it, is uh, a TS-70. And... Um, it's in it's in rickhouse le le and je are two of the hot rickhouses that people chase really yep so it, it gets down to when you when you talk oh about, yeah when you get when you talk about the rickhouse are we saying there's are, are multiple recipes put in that one rickhouse where you could you know oh, yeah. you, okay so it's not one specific recipe that comes out of a specific warehouse no okay no that's, it's nope. interesting so, that people um, dive that deep to look at the warehouse. It came, I mean, the uh, the the warehouse. Oh the, yeah, where it was in the rack in the in the rickhouse. The, the the location and all of that. That's crazy. Oh, trust me, man. There's people in your area that are four roses gurus, and if they listen to this, they're going to say, you know, think it's pretty pretty you know rudimentary uh, information. But uh, they they have been doing this for years, and I mean, you could put a, a in front of them and without them looking at the label they could probably tell you the rickhouse it's really? amazing oh yeah brian k in your area i mean he's one of those guys that he's just a uh <laughs> he's a master i mean he he's the yoda of uh of four roses wow so yeah okay but, so um, you had oh. said earlier when we were talking obsv is what i'm drinking now and it was a store pick by twin liquors texas liquor store yeah. um but you yeah, said they can be great yeah, and I, and I like this one, but it's the only one I've ever had, so I don't really have a bar to compare it to, right? Um, but what I didn't know that maybe other people like me didn't know that don't know a lot about Four Roses is every single barrel that I see, since I've gotten this one, I've been in some liquor stores, and I'll see a, a bottle of single barrel, and I'm going, there's no recipe on it. How do I know what's in the bottle? But you've cleared that up today by saying every single barrel is always OBSV as a standard, when it's on the shelf. Yes, yeah, that's their standard. And so that's why you can't go wrong with it because it, it's a good standard hundred proof. But if I were to pick that versus the small batch select, I'm going to go with the small batch select. Really? Oh yeah. Because it's the small worth... batch select is non chill filtered. It, it's, it's just a much better flavor profile. All right. I need to get a bottle and try that now. I'll be honest. I haven't because uh, I thought other people had told me, for the for the money you would save, the single barrels better, but you would have well the different... single barrels good. Yeah, I, but I do have a different opinion because I like the blends I'm because gonna... they're just more complex. Okay, I'm, I'm going to try one now. I'm, I'm curious now. Now, one thing I do like to caution is the yeast strain Q. It's slightly fruity, spicy, medium body, but my experience with those is they can be epic. And they can be extremely bad. And uh, I've had barrels that were literally three to four barrels apart on the same shelf. And they were horrible versus epic. I mean, it, it was amazing to me. Uh, a good example of that is there's a cult following for a store that has since closed out in the Dallas area called True Spirits. And the gentleman that ran True Spirits... Um, Man, he did some fantastic picks. 
he did some wonderful picks and the the people at the distilleries loved him because he was just a nice humble man and had a great palate and they respected him so his picks were great um and i hate to say his was one of the worst roses i've ever had really and yeah and then i you know i got one from pogo's which is a, a liquor store here in the dallas fort worth area and it was amazing um so and they were the same recipe so it, it just you uh, the long story short to that is one recipe versus another they still age differently and they still take different profiles flavor profiles differently when they're in the aging process. So it's, uh, like I said, it's a, it's a wonderful rabbit hole to go down. So uh, I've noticed in our market, and, and you can tell me if it's in your market, and maybe if you know if it's, it's other places, it seems like uh, doing a barrel pick, whether it's a, a, you know, a group, a whiskey group, or a, uh, a liquor store or something like that, doing barrel picks for Four Roses has, seems like in the last year, year and a half, has really taken off. Is that something? It has you... because people love them now, and it's it's the the hot thing to have. But it, but people is, have discovered. Is it also partly because some of these recipes? You know, it sounds like you can tell me if I'm wrong, Ernie. The small batch always takes six of these tens, or it seems like it's around six recipes of these ten, and blends it to make that small batch. So they do. OBSV is always a single barrel on the shelf that you're going to find. So in order yep. to get one of these recipes standing on their own as a single barrel, you have to do a pick. It you has have to, to go be pick a pick. Okay. And it has I to think, be a pick. Yeah. yeah. So I think that's a that's got to be one of the biggest reasons why they've taken off so much. People want to get these well, and it's a, on their own. Yeah. And it's a Pokemon uh, find hunt because you have to collect them all. I mean, I spend the year trying to get all 10 recipes from, you know, my, my connections throughout the U.S. just because every year it's a, it's a tradition. Uh, on the uh, first of the year, I open all 10 recipes and have a taste. Really? So, yep, every year I crack 10 new Four Roses and um, just drink them throughout the year. And when they're gone, they're gone. And then the beginning of the, the new year, I, I start a new set of 10. So as you're drinking those 10 from the previous year, you're collecting this year's 10. Yep. I'm pretty impressed. And it you usually, need, you need to let me hunt with it you. It takes me that long. Yeah. Well, it, I <laughs> hunting nowadays is looking, you know, through your bourbon groups and, you know, snagging them when you can. So there's really no hunting now involved. I mean, you, you scored, uh, that bottle on your own when you came here. Um, where'd you find that? Seagulls, right? Yeah, seagulls. Yeah, you told me something I didn't know, and that was funny. I was in the area and didn't even know it. I just, I didn't even know they had a, a four barrel, uh, I mean, a four roses barrel drop. That was amazing. Yeah. So it was kind of cool. But, uh, yeah, it was. Uh, but yeah, I mean, I've seen in just in the last two weeks here in Houston, uh, the group by Kevin, uh, uh, excuse me, Christopher Hart, uh, Houston Bourbon Society. He he's had two picks drop. Uh, one was called Robusto, and the other one was called uh, Mr. Pink. And from the uh, uh, what's the old movie? Uh, 
reservoir dogs. So he did a whole yeah, and group of those. But, yeah, I, I wasn't able to get either one, which I'm a little disappointed. But anyway. I, I heard they were home runs, too, because his his group, and especially him because he's so well-respected in the in the bourbon communities, um, when they do picks, they, they roll out the reds for him. I mean, they, they really do. So when, when you can get a pick through through the Houston group, snag it. it it's a, it's a gonna be it's going to be a great pick. Yeah, I, I've liked most of what they've put out. Uh, the only thing I might not have been a fan of probably wasn't a bourbon, and that's probably because I'm not into those other uh, whiskeys as of yet. So, But, yeah, you're right. Everything they, they seem to do. And, and, you know, it's really cool the way he does his group because he may have one or two that are kind of standard to kind of keep everybody in line, if you will, I guess, is my thought. Yep. But he, he's you know, lets different people in the group get on these, these pick groups, these pick teams, to go to these different places and pick these barrels, which I think is just really, really cool and a, and a cool experience for some of the people in his group. So, yeah. Yeah, but his reputation is what gets the barrels put in front of him. And that's the part that's, that's a wonderful thing because it's kind of like, you know, you're, <laughs> you get to go pick Ferraris. You know, do you want a red one, a blue one, or a green one? You know? Yeah. You're gonna, They're all you gonna can't be good. go really wrong. Right. They're all going to be good. Yeah, it's just going to now depend on which is the best of the best. So when you're looking so, for these single barrel recipes, these these releases, these picks, you literally have to be in a network of people from around the country. You do, and so I try to I, I try not to collect anything that's less than ten years old. Okay. So that narrows my market down considerably because a lot of releases are that eight to, to nine year mark. But I I also like to try to find the Rutledge era uh, bottles, which are the gold necks. And by what I mean with that is, if you look at a standard Four Roses now, it's kind of, it's got like a leather wrap around it, yes, it uh, like a faux leather wrap. Um, the Rutledge era ones, twenty fifteen and below, have a gold neck to them and without the uh without the leather to them is it like a foil on it or just it's it's not a foil it's just a gold sticker just a gold sticker okay yep okay and those are the ones that i i try to hunt and the best four roses though that i've ever had in my life and this is it's amazing to me um near and dear to my heart hocus pocus liquor in alexandria louisiana um, Matt Anthony out there, that guy has the golden touch. I mean, he has the golden palette. When I think about palettes, uh, that guy is head and shoulders above. I, I put him up against anybody. I mean, he, he should, he should be the, the Fred Minnick of the world, you know, cause he's, his, his palette is amazing. And it was a plain Jane OESK 10 year. And literally, that has been the four roses that I have hunted now for the for for life now. Just trying to find something as good as that OESK that I got from him. And here's why that surprises me with you, because you said earlier you prefer Mash Bill B over Mash Bill E. So that had to exactly. really be good. It was fantastic. Wow, it was fantastic. And it was one of those where I was lucky enough to buy six of them. I kept one for myself, and I gave one to um, my my bourbon mentors. 
So I gave one to each and that way they had it. And they all agreed with me that that was one of the best, not the best four roses that they had. Yeah, I've had a, a few of Matt's picks. He, do, he does do a really good job. Uh, nothing, obviously, Four Roses, but some other brands. And uh, I've not been disappointed yet on, on anything. Oh, no, and you that. won't be. Yeah. So. And uh, on a side note, I have sworn off Texas bourbon, um, even though Iron Root uh, here in Denison is probably the best of the best. But um, I've made a, a long history of joking about Balcones and Garrison Brothers and um, trashed them pretty good. Um, but I actually just bought two bottles of Garrison Brothers from Matt because he did two private selects with them. So uh, I'm looking forward to uh, trying those. It'll be interesting. Yeah, I'm going to be honest with you about Garrison. I've never really just hated their juice. It's It's really been quality versus price you know do i think it's worth what they're asking for that's always been my exactly yeah exactly but uh but yeah so four roses if you're ready to jump down the rabbit hole that's where we're at um my suggestion though is this is a, a a bourbon that really really loves food um it's my favorite bourbon to pair with food and we we can we can talk about that another day and uh, that can be a segue into the next uh, podcast. But let, let's tell people this. Give me your your opinion. I mean, Four Roses has, you know, their standard bourbon, the yellow label, 80 proof, small batch, 90 proof, the single barrel, 100 proof, small batch select. All of them worth getting? Or would you say you really need to stay with small batch? I mean, you, tell me your opinion. I mean, I want to be honest with the people on what the, if they're going to go out and look for a bottle of, of four roses. What, what do we want them to buy? What do we want them to stay away from? Depends on what they're using it for. You're going to stay away from the, the 80 proof $20 bottle. Stay away from it. It, it yeah, it, it's, it's not good. I like the OBSV uh, single barrel as a warm up. Okay. I mean, it's a, it's right at that $50 a bottle. It's, it's a good single barrel, but it is proof down and it is chill filtered. It depends on what you like. I'm not a fan of chill filtered stuff. Um, I like the oils. I, I like the fact that the oils, um, coat your palate and just stay with you for a while. So that's why I like the non chill filtered stuff. Um, there is small batch which is a different label. It is kind of a yellow label and it's in a little bit fancier bottle. That one is a, is a nice, is a nice bottle. If you're, if you're taking it to a party or you're just, you know, drinking, I, I compare it to this. If you're going to drink something mixed with something, a nice small batch will, will do you just fine. Okay. Um, but small batch select, that is my sipper. That to me is a good daily sipper. Non-chill filtered. Non-chill filtered, 104 proof, so it's not overproofed, but it's not underproofed. It's just right in that sweet spot. And it's a blend of multiple recipes, so you have a lot of complexities to it. So it is a good quality daily drinker. Okay, very cool. I need to try that one. I, I, I've, For whatever reason, I just thought from a value standpoint, I, my money was better spent on a single barrel, but... You've definitely persuaded me today, Ernie, that I need to go out and try that. Sounds like I'm going to enjoy it. You are. You are. Uh, I mean, 
if you like non-chill filtered stuff, why would you not? It's kind of like buying the, the red label Russell's reserve, in my opinion, because the red label Russell reserve is not chill filtered and it's a single barrel, even though this, this small batch select is multiple barrels, but, uh, Still, for the for the money for that fifty to sixty dollar price point, you can't go wrong. The other thing I would say is uh, the small batch select and the small batch both are evolving whiskeys, meaning every batch is different because they're using six different recipes or up to or around each time they make yep. this. the The profile is going to be a little bit different every time, so that makes it kind of fun that you know you're not going to get the same thing every time you buy a bottle, which is to me kind of cool. It is. It is. And when you start talking shelf heroes, I mean, those two to me are, are, are shelf heroes. Yeah. Very cool, man. I appreciate you uh, coming on and talking about four roses. It's been very educational for me and, and kind of learning a little bit more about the recipe. I got one last question for you though. These letters, yeah, it, it kind of, and maybe, you know, this, maybe you don't. O means four roses. Why? O? You know, B and E, I get the mash bill, S for straight uh, whiskey, but the KV and the OQF, I mean, do the, you know, any meaning behind those or we just don't know? You know, I'm sure the answer is out there, but it's not in my head. Okay. <laughs> yeah. I just wondered, you know, four roses, I thought it might be RBSV, you know, for roses or something. You know, I'm just wondering where, yeah, that, where that O like came that. from. So just curious, but uh, yeah, very interesting. And just a, a quick reminder, the B mash bill is uh, the high rides, the 35% with 60% corn. The E mash bill is the 75% corn, 20% rye. Both of them have 5% malted barley. You got it. And it's just the yeast that's going to change those, those profiles a little bit, whether it's with the herbal notes, the floral, the, the rich fruit, spice, or, or things like that. And oh, how it changes. Yeah. Man, this has been great, Ernie. I appreciate you coming on and, and uh, kind of talking us through a little bit of Fort Roses, the history, where they came from, and kind of how they got back into the market and kind of what everybody's doing with them today with picks and things like that and all these different recipes. Well, the next one we need to do from your kitchen, and we'll do a, uh, a food pairing. How about that? Man, that'd be great. We'll make that one definitely a video and, and put it on the, the YouTube channel. Sounds good, my brother. Yeah, I appreciate you coming on again. A lot of fun. I want to thank everybody for listening to this episode of Food, Wine, and Whiskey in Your Own Backyard. And until our next episode, enjoy your next pour.